1: Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull.
0: He sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber, the complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, and he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave Major Turnbull a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs.
1: 995 Gold. That's 833 995 Gold. 833 995 G O L D.
2: And we will open the phone lines today. Before we do that, I thought it would be your show. Let you drive this train today with the able assistance of Greg and Mike in the studio and us down here in Houston, Ramon and Chad and me, Michael Berry. It's been a whole lot of fun. Our sixth and final day with you, Clay and Buck, will be back on Monday, rested and ready for another great year of broadcast excellence. Before you start your calls, I, I used to think that New Year's Eve and the whole New Year's resolution was just a silly thing in the same way that I would make fun of cards, Hallmark cards. My grandmother was a cafeteria lady, she was a widow very young in life and she was a cafeteria lady and then when the kids when her kids my my parents generation left home she was bored in the evening and not one to sit around asking anyone to come you know spend their time with her she took on another job and she would get off from being a cafeteria lady she would drive to the Hallmark store and she worked in the Hallmark store so never was there an occasion when i did not have a card in the mail so people who don't like cards, and I'm not crazy over them, but people who don't like cards or will say will make fun of cards, and I don't think people send cards the way they used to, mostly because the whole snail mail concept and the email instant gratification, it's easier, it's quicker, they can respond faster. But I always had a soft spot for cards. I always thought that was a, a nice thing. And what it meant to me was that someone had thought about me before that occasion and taken the time in advance To write a nice note and send it along, and she would do it while she was working at the Hallmark store. For you young kids, ask your grandparents what a Hallmark store was, and and they'll explain. You'd open the door and the ting 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 rattle, and there was a distinctive smell, and there were lots of cards and lots of candles. Every small town has one. It's usually owned by a woman there whose husband's made a little bit of money, and in order to get her out of the house and give her something to focus on other than him and his drinking. Uh, he lets her do a little shop in town called Sassy Boutique or something of, of the order. And, um, yeah, every little town has it. Mine, mine did as well. But the little bit bigger town, Bridge City, had uh, had a Hallmark store. But I've come to learn over the years that resolutions do matter. And I say that because somebody out there is going to hear what I have to say and change their life. Last year, I made some resolutions to take better care of my health, to lose the weight that I hadn't lost over all those years that I kept talking about, to sleep more, to hydrate. Now, it was partially informed by the fact that that the the COVID mania was in full effect, Uh, but it was partly because it was long overdue. I just turned, at the time, 50 years old, and i was if it is to be it's up to me i'm going to do this and this is the occasion and i'm going to do it well lo and behold i lost 70 pounds uh i feel better and look better than i have in a very very long time it's made me a better talk show host but more importantly it's made me a better dad husband i'm happier um i i i feel good um a lot of very positive changes in my life well the new year can sometimes give people the excuse that they needed, right? We don't just send a note to somebody, hey, grandson, uh, love you, you're great. But if it's their birthday, then then we will. The new year can be an occasion where you do that. And I would encourage you to do that. Because if you don't make that New Year's resolution, and I'm not saying go run and join a gym, but if you don't make that New Year's resolution, you're probably not going to do it on March 8th or June 9th or August 17th. If you start it, you may not live up to it but if you don't start it you're never going to do it exercise water sleep vitamins there's a great deal of information out there about regimens you can undertake to strengthen your system not just for covid because covid is going to go away the common covid is the common cold and we're going to have upper respiratory infections for the rest of our existence on this earth as we always have that's not going to go away That's always going to be here. But guess what? If you lose weight, it not only helps you fight COVID, it helps you fight the things you're likely to die of. And it's not COVID. It's heart attack, heart disease, the diabetes, stroke, all the things that are actual real public health crises in this country that no one talks about can be dealt with by battling obesity. I also want to say another thing. I used last year to do something in earnest that I've always done, but I stepped it up, and that was to count my blessings. Like you, I spend a lot of time reading news stories, and they're most (laughs) of—lots of people die of the Clintons, Ramon? (laughs) Thank you. That's true. Lots of people die of the Clintons. I'm not not sure how you avoid that. Um, (laughs) And that is counting your blessings. I grew up Southern Baptist. I'm still Southern Baptist, and there is a hymnal, a hymn that we sing, Count your blessings, name them God, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God hath done. And the idea is that no matter what your situation, there are things that you can be grateful for. And by focusing on those things, look, I'm not saying you shouldn't be informed as to the news of the day. Uh, Biden's an idiot. Kamala Harris is an idiot. The Democrats are evil. Uh, The media can't be trusted big tech should be destroyed, big, big pharma should be put on trial, uh, Nuremberg trial, start. all that's going to be there, and that's not going away, but you cannot let that make you a miserable person. You cannot let that drag you into this morass, this mire of a lack of health, because there are other people around you that you need to be a light for, and you can't be a light if you're only focused on negative things. Take care of your health. Take care of your mind. Let 2022 be the year you do that. Final thought, and then we'll go to your calls. 1-800-282-2882, 1-800-282-2882, and that is the idea of mentors. If you know anything about sports, let's take baseball, for instance. You know that the great teams over the years had great farm teams. They brought players up through their, their teams. The Astros actually built championship teams out of their farm teams. They took guys at an early age and they they developed them. They mentored them. They grew them until they turned out to be all-stars. I'm sitting where I'm sitting today. I've had every bit of success I've had in my life because of mentors, because I sought out mentors and because they were willing to be my mentor, to help me, to invest in me, not necessarily money, but emotion and time and energy and patience and discipline and scoldings and guidance. I had a lot of great mentors. Eddie Martini, my mentor in radio, the guy that got me into radio. We're going to dinner tonight so that my wife and I can thank him and his wife Liz for the fact that we've had this great opportunity because a lot of folks were willing to take a chance on us and and let us do radio. There's only so many slots. That's the beauty of podcasting. Anybody can get into podcasting, but to get into radio, there's still only so many slots, and it's very competitive. But there were mentors for me in my legal life, in my political life, in my real estate life, in my uh, in my not-so-celebrated sporting life. I had mentors that helped me become a better dad, including my own dad and other friends. But just as I've had mentors in my life, I am now in a phase that I feel like I need to turn around and mentor other people. There's a great book out there called The Power of 18, it's a guy named Eyal Dannon, I think. Apparently in Judaism um 18 has a special meaning and he talks about the phases of your life your first 18 you're the dreamer you're the explorer go out and and you know figure it all out 18 to 36 try things 36 to 54 get really good at what you're doing make your money be professionally successful then 54 to 72 um begin mentoring and bringing up that next generation the farm team in 72 to 90 you're not as productive as you once were, and that's where you turn. That's the stained-glass window phase. That's where you turn and help other people. Those are my New Year's thoughts, random as they are. Count your blessings. Have a mentor. Be a mentor. Set a goal for your health, mental and physical, to be a better person. 1-800-282-2882. I'm Michael Berry. In for Clay Travis and Buck Saxton, your call is coming up. <phone rings>
1: Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Who's there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is severely injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans and who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who the Tunnel to Towers Foundation.
0: The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families.
1: The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America in so many ways. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 institutes educating kids in K-12 through grades to help our nation keep its vow and never forget.
0: More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Meet Kelsey. When she found out she was pregnant, she wasn't sure where to turn. But after meeting with the counselors at a preborn network clinic, they welcomed her and supported her and provided her with a free ultrasound. Kelsey heard her baby's heartbeat, and she chose life.
3: When a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son, who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him.
0: By introducing a woman to her baby on an ultrasound, a baby's chance at life doubles. Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor pre-borns, Entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. To donate, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn.
2: Clay and Buck, we'll be back with you on Monday. I'm Michael Berry. In the meantime, it's been our pleasure. Let's start with Will in Houston. You're up. Hello,
4: Michael. Hello, Michael. Uh, You're a great American and an even better, greater Houstonian. Thank you, sir. What I'm calling about, you're welcome. What I'm calling about is I think the uh, lemmings are playing right into the Democrats' uh, game plan, which is trumpeting uh, Biden's mental decline to the point where they remove him from office and slide Madam VP in. Uh, I I think that's what they're doing. I think we're playing into it. Your thoughts?
2: Hmm. Well, let's model that out, Will. What what do they gain with Kamala instead of Biden?
4: Well, that's a good question, Uh, longevity. Uh, a little better mental capabilities, she's a minority, she's a female. I mean that's that that's their big thing is uh uh diversity and and you know she's she she hits all those. I don't care for her myself
2: and I don't care for <laughs> <laughs> but, Well but thank who, you for the call else? brother. Let me say this. Um Kamala is a, is a very um, my grandmother, my wife's uh, uh, grandmother's name was Kamala. It's actually pronounced Kamla, like K U M L A in India. It's an Indian name. Her mother was was Indian, um, but Kamala here it works. Kamala is is a uniquely unpopular politician. She has a way. Where, where sometimes folks go wrong is we can't understand how Barack Obama can win an election because we don't like him so much. But you have to understand his appeal. Um, I don't understand how Marilyn Manson can pack a, a room full of people standing on stage in black nail polish and white makeup singing stupid stuff, but he can. And I have to understand that there is an audience for that. And then you begin to understand, all right, what is that audience seeking out and what does he give them? Obama has a, 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 had a retail appeal. Bill Clinton had an incredible appeal as a politician and a staying power. And that's why we couldn't understand why they wouldn't dump him. He was the best they had. Democrats desperately need a white male who can collect all the votes of the minorities, but still hold on to the unions. The unions are the last holdout keeping the Democrats in power. And the unions have tended to be white males in Rust Belt states, and so you've you've got a lot of these white male unions, steel, trucking, there's all, a lot of them, the, the longshoremen off the coast of, of California. Um, which, by the way, that contributed to the supply chain problem, and nobody wanted to admit it. You've got the teachers' union that uh, Randy Weingarten is is a part of that's keeping the schools closed. These these things are incredibly powerful. The union is the most powerful Democrat special interest that no one ever talks about. If you remove the unions from the Democrat Party, they're pers- they they already do very poorly with white males, they would lose an even greater percentage of white males. And now that they've lost education as the issue uh, as, as, as their issue, they, they've uh, uh, Republicans have won that. That's how Yunkin won in, in Virginia. Now that they've lost education with critical race theory and these sorts of nutty, wacky marginal uh, uh, types of people, then that's now they're going to lose a lot of white suburban women. So the Democrats are in a free fall and they know it. Kamala is not the answer and they know that. Biden is actually not such a bad guy in terms of what he does at the polls for them because you have to remember what else is out there. What 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 you, first of all Kamala wasn't around by Iowa. She didn't make it to the first caucus because she couldn't get out she couldn't get over 1%. Kamala was less popular as a democrat than Lindsey Graham as a republican. I mean think about that for a moment. Statistically that that is true. But who was waiting in the wings? You think about it, but a gig? They can talk all they want about this 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 real effeminate gay guy and how he's going to be the first this and the first get that, and he's he's mugging down with his husband. But the truth is, that's still not an electoral winner. They'll tell you it is, but it's not. That will turn off. You won't win uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, North Carolina, uh, with that, you won't now you can say that's anti-gay you, but a gig wasn't gonna do it for them. Um, what's the woman that, that throws books at her staff from Minnesota with a horrible uh, Amy uh, Klobuchar? She's a non-starter. She's ugly. Uh, she has an irritating accent um, and and she's angry. she she's just one of those everybody everybody has met that woman. She wants to see the manager. she's angry she's up she's the original Karen. I mean, who else did they have? Bernie Sanders, a guy who is an avowed socialist. He doesn't even, the guy almost beat Hillary in in 16, and then there he was in in 20, and they were scared to death of this guy because he represents that whole nutty wing. But Kamala Harris, she said something stupid yesterday. Do you see that? Was it wrong
3: to consider inflation transitory? I mean, these price spikes seem like they're going to be with us for a while. We have to address the fact that we got to deal with the fact that folks are pay, paying for gas, paying for groceries, and are, are, are need solutions to it. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Short-term solution
0: includes what we need to do around the supply chain, right? So we went to the ports of Los Angeles, Long Beach, Savannah, Georgia, and said, hey guys, no more five days a week, eight hours a day, 24-7. Let's move the products because people need their pro- They need what they need. We're dealing with it in terms of the long term, and that's about
3: what we need to do to pass Build Back Better. It strengthens our economy.
4: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything. That could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.
2: Michael Berry in for Clay and Buck. They'll be back on Monday. I read earlier from a piece by Kaylee McGee White that appeared in Washington Examiner under the title, I Was Wrong About COVID-19. And she goes through, you know, she defended Fauci. She thought masks would work. She, but it's important to understand not just where you've been wrong in your life. It's important to understand why you were wrong. I do a lot of interviews with successful people in business, and I find it far more illuminating to ask them what was their biggest failure than what was your biggest success. Um, failure is is where we have an opportunity to go back and recognize our own weaknesses. And it's, to me, more important that you understand why you failed than that you failed. Why did we trust Fauci, if you trusted Fauci? Because he had all the trappings of the expert. And we have been told for years that the experts know more than we do. We're just commoners, but the experts have degrees, and sheepskins, and and offices, and titles, and conferences, and lectures, and speeches, and respects, and honorifics, and so they can't be wrong. If you just think, well, I trusted Fauci, and he let me down, and you don't understand why you trusted him, and why you should not have trusted him, or you should have at least been skeptical, if not downright cynical about his supposed I'm the science, then it's going to keep happening again. I think back to when Barack Obama was elected and Rush told the story about, uh, I think it was New York Times, I don't remember who it was, Dean can tell me, um, that, that uh, they they asked different people to opine as to you know their thoughts on Barack Obama becoming the president at his, as Rush used to say, immaculation. And you'll remember what dominated the media cycle at the time is that Rush said, quote, I hope Obama fails. Well, immediately, the left and a lot of Republicans who will continually fall into this trap, Republicans like the 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 Mitt Romney Republicans, oh, they disavowed this. Oh, my goodness. This is the kind of division we don't need. This is mean-spirited. We should all, you know, he's the president. We should get behind him. We should help him succeed. And Rush said no. No. And Rush stood tall. Uh, he was the original target of cancel culture. Dean Carriann has posted a piece earlier this week at Clayandbuck.com to that exact effect when Harry Reid and the group, the phony soldier issue, they tried to they tried to cancel Rush. They tried so many times to cancel Rush, and he refused to apologize. And he laid out the playbook that Trump ended up uh, carrying with him to the White House, which is you never apologize. And that's why it was always so hard for the the rhino Republicans, the establishment, the RNC, the suburban mom. Well, did he have to be so mean? Yes. Yes. You cannot apologize. The minute you're apologizing, you're backtracking. When they got you backtracking, they'll never stop. They'll chase you out of town. They'll run you out. And Rush understood you have to fight them tooth and nail at every turn. When he said, I hope Obama fails, It is hard to put into perspective today because of the debacle that was the the abomination of Obama's eight years. But at that time, there was such hope. And I'm not talking about just Democrats. I'm not just talking about blacks. I'm not just talking about college kids. I'm talking about Republicans who believed that this was the moment after that nasty period of divisive politics of that mean old George W. Bush, who couldn't even say nuclear. He said nuclear. And how can we have a president that adds a vowel in the middle of two consecutive consonants? This is embarrassing. He's not sophisticated. He's not smart and on and on and on. And George W. Bush was was just he, he was an embarrassment to the nation, and we needed this guy that we could project to the world. That look at us, we're not mean old white men. This is great. We're not going to have, we're not going to have contested, uh, nasty, bickering, uh, uh, rancor in our politics anymore. We're all going to get along, right? And Obama was going to lead us through this. You remember what the L.A. Times? editorial was Rush got 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 criticized for saying this. Barack the Magic Negro was not Rush Limbaugh's statement. That was an editorial that the LA Times wrote that he simply quoted. But again, this keeps happening again and again and again where they misconstrue things, they doctor a photo, they put it out there, they get everyone to pile on to it and by the time the truth comes out, you've moved on down the road. Oh, there wasn't Russian collusion? Oh, OK. Oh, Trump didn't go to the hotel and, and have the prostitute. Oh, he didn't. Oh, OK. All right. Oh, so Trump didn't do. the. Oh, I, I had no idea. But it's too late. You've moved on. It's like like uh, like Harry Reid said when they, they he finally admitted. Yeah, I didn't have the goods on Mitt Romney. I, I lied and he lost the election and they said, well, do, do you feel bad about that? And he said he didn't win, did he? I say all that to say this rush said i hope obama fails and we all eventually chimed in on that but he was the lone ranger at that moment standing tall because he knew you could dress up the pig that was barack obama but a socialist america hater lurked underneath and it was going to come through and if you supported him at his inauguration if you gave him his first hundred days if you stood by and allowed that It would give him more line to run with to do more damage to the country. Rush understood, even at this moment of such hope and optimism, you have to stop him dead in his tracks, and he did. We have to understand the state is waiting for another COVID and it's climate change, and it's coming. I'm Michael Berry, in for Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. (laughs)
1: Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Since 9-11, the Tunnel of the Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull.
0: He sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber, the complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, and he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave Major Turnbull a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope.
1: With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's severely injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders.
0: Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Meet Kelsey. When she found out she was pregnant, she wasn't sure where to turn. But after meeting with the counselors at a pre network clinic, they welcomed her and supported her and provided her with a free ultrasound. Kelsey heard her baby's heartbeat, and she chose life.
3: When a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son, who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him.
0: By introducing a woman to her baby on an ultrasound, a baby's chance at life doubles. Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor preborns. Entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. To donate, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn.
2: Well, it is now being confirmed that Betty White has passed 18 days short of her 100th birthday. You know, I think there's something aspirational for all of us, if not inspirational, to folks who have a second, third, fourth, fifth act in their post-80s years. You know, you you think of, of Tony Bennett, for instance, and how much he seemed to be enjoying his time on the stage after all those years he'd sort of been forgotten. I mean, Willie Nelson still seems to be really enjoying the fact that he has an audience at this age Something about Betty White, you couldn't dislike the lady. There was something about, she was sort of the nation's grandma and she always seemed so much younger than her years and so positive. Rest in peace, Betty White. Uh, let's go to Larry in Louisiana. Larry, where in Louisiana are you?
5: Ponchatoula, Louisiana.
2: Alright, okay. All right. What you got, my man?
5: Uh, you were just You were just talking to your friend about uh, Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Yes. The town that your friend just moved to. Yes. In the old days, that's where Elvis Presley spent his summers at the Gulf Hills Country Club, where he learned to ride horses, water skiing, his first girlfriend. And there's an Elvis Presley suite at the Gulf Hills Country Club with pictures of him
2: growing up. I did not know and that. A, I, I'm something of an Elvis also, note, so.
5: And also, one more thing. Al Capone used to go there. The name of the restaurant is Capone's. And uh, there's something that's changing about the Golf Hills Country Club. They just sold it to a rich company, and they had an 18-hole golf course. They sold nine holes and built nice houses, so you can only play golf now on nine holes instead of 18.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. There was a. Are you a, Are you from Ponchatola your entire life?
5: I'm uh, really from New Orleans Metairie area.
2: Oh, where in Metairie?
5: Old Metairie.
2: Oh well, wow. okay. My uh, my radio That's mentor up. Eddie Martini. We're taking them to dinner tonight. Is from Metairie. His in fact his brother uh, Danny Martini was a longtime state senator there from from that area. I don't know if well, you know I mean, any of the Martini's. Oh well, there you go. There was a battle of Panchatula the, during the American Civil War. The Confederate troops withdrew, and the Sixth Michigan Volunteer Infantry Regiment occupied the town. What an interesting! How do you pronounce the parish? Tanjapahoa. Tanjapahoa, Okay. Yeah. All right. I uh, w- when I don't when I don't already know how to pronounce a small town or a, a parish. In Louisiana I don't even try it because if I say Carondelet in New Orleans they'll say no it's Carondelet and if I say Carondelet they'll say New Orleans they'll say Carondelet they'll whatever there's there's always for each for each one of these um, you know two different pronunciations but I love it I grew up in southeast Texas and and I frequently say that I grew up more in southwest Louisiana than I did southeast Texas because all the folks from Louisiana came over, all we had in Orange was was Chemical Row. so you had all these folks from Louisiana that, that couldn't farm anymore, couldn't make a living anymore, and, and they brought their cultures with them. So my high school graduating class of 107 was granges, Pivotos, uh, Thibodeau's, quibedos, melançons. I mean that's it, it, it wasn't I was the only Barry Smith, Jones, or whatever. Great call, Larry, Thanks for the call my man. Let's go to Annette in Asheville, North Carolina. you're up.
3: Hey, um, yeah, this is important. I want to talk to you, but I also want to talk to all of the people that are listening out there. Um, the other day I listened to a guest host who was an influencer of more sports-oriented stuff, but he had a lot to say about religion. He had a lot to say about a lot of things that sounded grounded he sounded professional and everything. But then this influencer admitted and broadcasted to everyone out there listening that he was not a voter and he never would be a voter. He wasn't going to be a voter. He never has voted. And there were callers that called in. And there was a guy that was um, uh, had been in the military and had fought in World War II and was retired and admitted that he has never voted either. I was so hot and bothered, I had to take a drive. So I had to get something done at the Department of Motor Vehicles in Hendersonville. And when I was in line, there was over 75 people. I counted them, knew it was going to be about two hours. <laughs> and in the midst of all of that, the girl beside me asked me if I was a Christian. And I said, yes, I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian? And then I, something possessed me and I stepped out of line. And I asked loudly, "How many of people in this line love God and feel that they are called according to His purpose?" And nearly seventy-five people seventy-five uh, percent of those people raised their hands immediately. Look at
2: you! You like the this, William Wallace of Asheville, North Carolina. Right. Annette, I'm up against a break, sweetheart. I want to thank you for calling your spark plug. I'll give you a hug when I meet you. You have a great personality. I love folks like you. You need to rise up and take this country back because you're the future of it. It's been a real, real special experience with you folks. Thanks for all the kind notes. I will get back to you. michaelberryshow.com. You can send me emails. Clay and Buck will be back on Monday all rested and ready to entertain and inform. I want to say thanks to them and julie and and craig and mike and greg and dean and the whole team who've been so kind to me ramon chad throughout this process it's been a real real treat but you people you're the ones that make it special keep listening keep supporting and as rush said make it happen thanks a lot